Welcome to Chess Talk, episode 271. Hi, everybody. Hello. You are part of everybody. Am I? We're back. I am everybody. You're my everything. Aw, fuck off. You know, it's like Chloe's going <laughs> to scream at me. Mm-hmm. We're back after last week's board game. That was a fun time with Kingsburg. Did you like Kingsburg? Do you think it was a worthwhile investment? Yeah, I like the game. I've played it a couple times in my life, so it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be fun for us to play not on the podcast, mm-hmm. too. Like... So we can do like a three-hour session. <laughs> yeah. Where we just go round after round until we see it all. Yeah, I'd like to hopefully roll better next time so that there's more variety. Well, you got so many 18s. What are you talking about? I feel like I got like 11 every time. No, you kept getting 18s when you're like deciding who goes yeah, yeah, first. But... That was that was the joke. Whatever the backside is, I'd want to try because I feel like we just did the same things. Yeah, because there's uh, two sides to the buildings and then the box now comes with like additional like rows that you can add Mm -hmm. so they have some variety but enough about that how have you been not bad yeah life you know Mm mm-hmm it's going 2020 it's cool we're living it you made your favorite bake ever i did yeah gruyere i thought we already talked about that i don't think so but i made cheese bread basically and it was delicious because of course it is how are you uh fine Almost done with Dark Souls 3, so I will be glad to put that to rest. Um, but yeah, going to finish that. Probably going to play Celeste afterwards, so mm-hmm. looking forward to add a couple more games to my collection. Finished another book, so that collection is growing for the year done so far. How so. many books have you read this year? I haven't counted, but it's probably like close to 15. Okay, not bad. And I wanted at least 10. <laughs> yeah, So you more than beat your goal. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think we're ready to get into it. It's going to be a short episode this week because it's late and but yeah, we're going to talk about the boys. We finished it. It's over. We're done with it. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about the trial of the Chicago seven. Yeah. Because man, we sure love not lighthearted things to talk about. <laughs> we sure do our best to avoid politics on this show. It's so easy to avoid. Let's not talk about politics. Let's talk about movies and TV instead. With the boys. Or would you rather end on the boys? I don't care. Okay. Let's talk about the boys. Okay. Uh, I'll have to refresh my memory. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, no, because we watched it the day it came out and we're recording, you know, a week and a half after the fact, essentially. Mm -hmm. Spoilers for anyone that (laughs) isn't caught up for whatever reason. You've had time. Yes. But I'll just go through the quick recaps. We had um, Becca, Fine Butcher, ask for help to get Ryan because Stormfront and Homelander took him. Annie was with the boys. And yeah, Annie didn't do too much till the end of the episode. Um, the main point of the episode was like them trying to get Ryan, right? Yes, I remember now. Yeah. I remember what happened. This was girls yeah. do get it done. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like the huey was trying to do anything that wasn't just have a confrontation and like mm-hmm. fight because i mean that's not gonna end well and while they were trying to like get dirt on stormfront or something or homelander um a train shows up and gives yeah, I think them they went to mave first and she yes. basically told them to fuck off yeah she's really going through it <laughs> yeah hashtag going through it 
And then A-Train discovers that Stormfront is a Nazi. Yes. And is like, y'all I'll, take her down, please. Because he knew she was racist. Yeah. But like... He didn't know the extent. And right. The not Scientology church uh, has background on people on just everyone everyone ever <laughs> yeah i think they said that she, she was, was either a previous. she was a previous member or an enemy of the church which could be either i think she was a previous member but mm-hmm. was, was very outspoken and so like she was a problem yeah so they had a file on her yeah. a train stole it and even though he does not like annie or huey was like I just like her more, so I'm going to give this to you guys. He said, fuck that Nazi bitch. Yes, he did. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Yeah, it's fine. We say the bad words. Yeah. So they send the funniest email in the world out and showing everyone that Stormfront's a Nazi. Yeah, because the subject was like, urgent, urgent Stormfront. Stormfront's a Nazi. Yeah, please open. Yeah. It's like, if I got a email like that at work i'd be like i'm never touching that yeah, email like, that's a virus <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to clickbait me but yeah. i won't fall for yeah. it yeah i think butcher had to kind of choose between becca and then also doing the right thing here i i think it's more of like because becca I, I guess we're just gonna cut to it becca dies yeah rip because stormfront but ryan lasers stormfront and obviously yeah. catches the mom because it's a show um, I wonder if that happened in the comics, but it's like Becca, the entire point was she wanted to raise Ryan and she wanted him to not be another Homelander or whatever. And mm-hmm. she didn't I, want him using his powers. And she made Butcher promise to like take care of him and stuff. And so it's just, do you think he made the right choice by not keeping Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that if he took Ryan, he would be... I don't know. I just don't think he's fit for raising a kid. I think it's... I think you're right. And it's because he still has such a grudge against Homelander, mm-hmm. which, you know, yeah. fair. I think it showed a lot of strength and character for him to just not let Homelander take Ryan. Yeah. And protect him. But also it was the right thing for him to be like, I can't keep him. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a reminder of Becca and what happened and all of it. And he's a soup. And I think he just knows that it's not right. Yeah. And I think it would have been how, like, Homelander and Stormfront wanted to raise him as, like, this soup that's better than everyone. Butcher would have done it the other way where he would make him hate soups and Homelander and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, he had to... He needs to have a chance at a normal life and Butcher (laughs) can't give him that. Right. I mean, they aren't living under a pawn shop anymore because... I mean, we don't know. Maybe they're comfy. Well, they fucking... They leave. Turn the lights off. Mm-hmm. Last one at the bar. Yeah. Whatever that fucking trope's called. God, I hated yeah. that shot. I know you did, but it was fine. Anyway, we'll jump to, like, the fun stuff. Because Stormfront gets her ass kicked. And it's great. Because mm-hmm. she sucks. Yeah. I mean, it was a very roller coaster kind of fight because obviously there's a confrontation and like Stormfront starts by throwing the car that has MM, Becca, and Ryan in it. And you're mm-hmm. like, fuck, did they all just die? No, of course not. And then Kamiko goes after Stormfront and Stormfront wins and snaps her neck. But 
<laughs> that doesn't mean anything to Kamiko. I guess. I, I still don't really get... I think get... something similar like to that has happened before. Like, I think in the first season, someone, like, killed Kamiko, but it's like, you gotta try harder than that. I remember she got, like, riddled with bullets and stuff, but yeah. I didn't... I think she's pretty indestructible here. There has to be some way, though. That's what, I'm sure if she gets popped. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sure something <laughs> through her brain would kill her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she gets back up and then Maeve shows up because she's actually a hero. Mm-hmm. And Annie's there the whole time. And just together, they just do a mob They just down. like curb stomp her mm-hmm. and beat the shit out of her. And the guys are just watching. And it's they're not super it was very clearly very tongue-in-cheek towards marvel and their cheesy like women power girls get it done bullshit but it's like this is how you do that kind of scene you don't just make them all line up and walk together like they're mm-hmm. hey we're all women like you show them curb stomping nazis yeah <laughs> girls do get it done that's right frenchie girls are crazy boss mm-hmm. It was very satisfying to me to watch a Nazi get the shit beat out of them. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love when that happens? I mean, I would love more if it didn't need to happen because Nazis still didn't exist. But, you know, yeah. they do. So. Here we are. I'm sorry. If you're a Nazi, I would love to watch you get the shit beat out of you. Hot take. Yeah. Yeah, the confrontation with Ryan and Stormfront, whatever. I'm just like rethinking that and if there's any big moments aside from like the fight at least in that scene um i can't really think of anything just stormfront does die which i i'm shocked homelander survived this but i have this theory that she's not actually dead fucking if they darth vader her i'd be like annoyed i would too but i feel like the reason they didn't show like officially she's dead and they said to on, in that like press conference that she's somewhere i feel like she is alive i don't like it but I, I feel like she's not dead like what would it benefit them to not let people know she's dead i am willing to give this show the benefit of the doubt that they don't need to show more than what they did to signify yeah she died she had three or four limbs completely severed off openly bleeding Mm -hmm. her entire body was scorched Mm -hmm. she had like a wound in her chest i think like you said darth vader yeah but that'd be dumb but no i just don't know how it serves vought to not just be like she was killed and she was a terrible person we're fine with it i think i think it gives more of a sense of justice as opposed to her base that was super riled up. Mm-hmm. If she was murdered, they'd be like, who was it? We know who did it. We need to get eye for yeah. an eye. I think that is something. And also maybe they don't want people knowing she's dead because then they'd have to explain Ryan to exactly. the world. So yeah, I get that. Or they would, have I would to... that's the only time I would think, okay, I get why they did that. Or they would have to explain or just make Homelander say like, yeah, I killed her. Yeah. I'm like, that's not a very Homelander thing to do. No, he would never kill another soup. Um, before we get to the final crazy oh, thing, rip. there's the deep being labeled a toxic personality. Oh, <laughs> and because A-Train is back in the seven, but they can't have more than mm-hmm. one. So the deep is still out. Mm-hmm. And he's called the toxic personality. Mm-hmm. The leader, or no, the deep then says, fuck Fresca. Yeah. 
good content right so there. i'm assuming he's done with the collective right this is just a season two I mean, arc you can't tell david miscavige to fuck off and then just nothing happens back. yeah no it's either you run away and stay away or you are in the hole or whatever they call it here yeah <laughs> the chasm in real life it's called the hole yeah what are you talking about? It's they're not pulling. It doesn't exist. They're not pulling anything. It doesn't exist. This Let's is all. On. I don't it, want to talk about it. It's all original. The collective is all new ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the theory that everyone had was that the mind popper was part of the collective and was a ploy. Yes, they thought it was Alistair. Yeah, and we like the show was ending with him on the phone with. Uh, representative the discount aoc yeah and he's trying to like butter her up to be like the ear for the collective inside the government and then she pops his fucking head yeah she's it she's the super villain yeah and then huey goes to work for her campaign Mm -hmm. because he wants to do some good in the world oh oh honey oh petite huey Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah so at least we know who the next villain is for next season yeah i think it was a good setup and payoff yes yeah definitely because like it wasn't every episode where we saw it but it was pivotal that's why i think it's good enough like it wasn't dangling in front of us the whole time and it's like oh my god we have another season to wait it was just Mm -hmm. like hey remember yeah i think it's a good twist because it was unexpected i just want to know what exactly her motivations are so that it seems a little more like believable and not just a twist for the sake of a twist i think that's what season but i do know she's loosely based on a comic book character so we'll see yeah i mean to me that's what season three is going to be all about is her motivations and why who she's working for if anyone because Maybe it's still Vought, because she did disrupt the whole Vought hearing since she stopped the CIA lady from... Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe it's Vought. I'm sure she works for Vought. In some capacity, because, yeah. like, how can you be a soup if you're not somehow involved with Vought? Mm-hmm. They made you. Yeah. So, I think she's probably, like, Edgar's secret, like, weapon, or she's probably even above Edgar at this point. No one's above Edgar. You don't know that. We'll see what happens. Any other thoughts on the season? Did you enjoy it? I know a while ago, you don't have to answer. Um, you saw something online that wasn't necessarily a spoiler, but kind of was for the show about something that they do. So it's something that happens in the comics, and I don't think they're going this direction anymore after a couple things that happened this season. Okay. Um, but I, I still don't want to tell you just in case they randomly do, but I don't think it's likely but it is a really cool thing from the comics that I want to tell you about. So it's uh, really up to you if you want to know. I mean... I don't think it's likely this is the direction they're going because of one specific thing that someone pointed out in a discussion thread once. I mean, can you tell me what that thing is? Or someone noticed in the show that when Maeve put um, the Almond Joy in Black Noir's mouth, that he was black. Okay. So, I have no idea what the cool thing could possibly I be mean, now. It, I don't <laughs> think it's likely to happen if Black Noir is black. So, if you think that's a good enough reason to know what it is. I mean... I just, it's such a cool thing that if they do it, which seems very unlikely at this point, I don't want you to, like, have that ruined for you. Okay, yeah, but I'm still just like, what could, knowing he's black make this thing not a possible it's just 
that makes me more confused than just knowing like I can this. tell you. No, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. Because Blackmore is not dead. Yeah. I didn't think he was gonna die. Yeah. And they said like he's in the hospital or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um okay, so you're ready to rate it. Yeah. Okay. Out of ten what though? Out of ten whales? Ten, ten frescas. Almond I'd say fresca. Almond joys just make me sad. Why? Because my boy. I don't give a shit about your murderer boy. Everyone's a murderer in this show. Yeah, I mean, Blackmore's worse. <laughs> I, Almond cried. Joy. We're doing Almond Joy. I get to choose. Yeah, so what are you What are you choosing? Out of 10 Almond Joys, I would give it an 8. Okay, that's lower than I expected from you. Yeah, I like the first season better, I think. I'd probably disagree. I think I like this one better. Yeah. I just like that there's more going on there's more moving pieces and things like that whereas season one definitely felt like a first season and so Mm -hmm. i i just i'm giving it a nine it's not perfect but i Mm -hmm. definitely enjoyed it more than the first season and i think that the stuff they've built and are continuing to build are paying off and so it's good Mm -hmm. yeah five of my points are just storefront so why isn't it a 10 out of 10 because of that (laughs) Because nothing topped it. <laughs> that was just the best. How can you? That was the best little, like, nothing joke. that. <laughs> no one ever has topped it or ever will. Yeah. Anyway, I enjoyed it thoroughly. It just, I think it. some of the pacing was weird at certain points. And uh, I feel like it could have been, like, eight episodes, not ten. It was eight episodes? It oh, sure was eight it episodes. It felt like ten episodes then. That to me is more of a positive than anything that they got that much story done and they jam packed it i don't know it just felt like you got baited a lot yeah and i I forgot half the shit that happened and the comedy was good as usual let's talk about the movie just came out trial of the chicago seven yes on netflix spoilers if you haven't learned about it before which i think is a fair thing to say because it's not talked about too heavily, I mm-hmm. think, right? Fun fact, I picked up one of my college history textbooks, and there is literally one sentence yep. about the event that this is based on, and it doesn't even reference any of the people involved. It just says there It just mentions was, the riots. It mentions the convention and the protests. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even riots, it's protests. Yeah. That's it. Because it was, I mean, I'm assuming you did more research on it. Like, was it more than just that single night? Like, that big altercation? Yeah, the convention lasted several days. And I think they showed that throughout the film. That, like, these all, these different confrontations happened over, like, the oh, whole, okay. like, weekend. I didn't get that. Or the whole week. To I me- did. Because there were different, like, incidents. Yeah, but I thought it was just, like, all aggravated over the same long day. No, it was over a couple of days oh, okay. that these things seemed to be happening. Right. But the movie... Mm-hmm. What did... You like Aaron Sorkin, right? Less now. Now that so, the internet ruined him. I previously had my gripes with him because he's very... I think he's without, comfortable. I don't want it to seem like I disagree with his politics, but he is very preachy. And he just kind of gets very, like... He makes all of his characters, like super clever and quippy and they talk really fast and it's like they're not really believable as people and it just feels like aaron sorkin writes himself 
all the time. Or what he wants to be. Yeah, like, he's like, I am this person, and I'm going to put myself in this movie, even if it's, like, a real person that he's writing for. Like, they all sound the same and talk the same. So that's my issue with him, like, because I watched his show, The Newsroom, and, again, like, very Robert Zemeckis, very idealistic writing but um i do enjoy um his humor's fun um he has good messages i think he's he's got a lot going for him so i'll say that but i do know that he recycles a lot of his writing because you saw was it a tweet or what did you see it was a twitter video that had like clips clips from this movie and from his past work like specifically the newsroom and uh wet the west wing but clips of all those things and just he it would be the same line from you know 2012 in the newsroom that was used in this movie and then this line from the west wing from when did the west wing air in the early 2000s yeah that's been like, a while the enough joke was recycled so it just it's frustrating because even when we were watching the movie there was a line i told you that in my head i was like oh i've heard that before and i like convinced myself that i just heard it in the trailer and then i saw this video that didn't reference this line and i realized oh that's a line from the newsroom it's one of jeff daniels's lines <laughs> and it's like when every four years we overthrow the government because elections <laughs> oh that was the it's line. from the newsroom like verbatim yeah so frustrating but i mean he's not wrong it's just i hate that he recycles his work so much then i mentioned it to you and he told me like i'm sure he's just banging on the fact that less people have seen that than are going to watch this so he yeah. can just but it's just why do you feel the need like it do you feel like your joke was too good to not get the recognition that it deserves? Maybe that maybe that's his mindset. Yeah. I, I'm not going to presume to understand Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. No, I think he's done some really good work. I've never seen a few good men, but I've heard really good things about it. I think that was his first uh, screenplay. It's our, I think it was a play that got bought and commissioned for film. And that was his first like, movie and i think it won like academy awards and shit so and you never no you fully watched social network right i've seen social i think i saw it in theaters yeah but is that it uh the newsroom no i'm saying like that's the only time you've seen social network was in theaters i think so oh wow yeah i liked it i remember but i saw it in theaters i think with my mom (laughs) odd would not imagine her wanting i didn't have friends my mom would see movies with me all the time So it was like your idea wasn't just like... Yeah, she went with me to see like the Twilight movies and the Harry Potter movies when I didn't have friends to go with. We saw the social network together. We would go see like chick flicks together. My mom saw movies with me all the time. Yeah. But Aaron Sorkin... All that background lore aside... Yes, the trial of Chicago 7. Yeah, how did you... I mean, you talked a lot of old talk. Yeah. Um, I, I did enjoy it. I definitely think this movie suffered from the ending, at least for me. And then everybody clapped. The ending just left like, not like a sour taste in my mouth, just like he was forcing like happiness down my throat when I'm like, but it's not. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a problem that a lot of writers do is when they're writing about historical events, they like to kind of 
frame it in a certain way. It's like revisionist history where they're yeah. like, but it would be so much nicer if this got to happen because the his- history is bleak and the truth is sad. And and I think they do it with stuff that's like menial or it's like... It didn't change the events. It just right. kind like of they gave a more... They still went to jail. Yeah. The appeal still happened, but it's like, but wouldn't it have been great if he read out all 5,000 names in a court document? But yeah. No, yeah. that's not how it's ever going to happen. Yeah. I think it made for, at least story-wise, I get it. But I also, I hate the fucking, like, I'm thinking of endings, made a really great joke about it. Just the cheesy fucking Robert Zemeckis mm-hmm. ending that, like, no, fuck off. That's yeah. not realistic. Yeah. So. And I, I just think that, like, I know I briefly talked about it to you this weekend, but, like, the book I just finished, like, it ends pretty, like, bleak and, like, a lot of things up in the air. And, like, that's fine to do mm-hmm. in medium. It's okay because, like, that leaves an impact on people. Mm-hmm. And it maybe not everyone wants to do that. But at the same time, like, that's how you get people to remember and to talk about it and to really, like, dive into yeah. the meaning of it and things like yeah. that. And we did talk about it as well. Like, the scene right before the cheesy scene was... Um... Sasha Baron Cohen's like character. His, his like he's on the witness stand and I think a lot of his lines are taken verbatim from the court records. Like they're yeah. really important things that he's saying and it would have been such a poignant ending to just fade out like they did and instead and of going credits. into the uh, sentencing hearing, just, you know, what they did right after that, which was, you know, Abbott Hoffman did this after the thing and Jerry Rubin did this after, and the appeal was successful, and no one served right. any jail time or whatever the fuck happened. And it would have been a much better ending that way, right? Because something that I saw that definitely made a lot of sense for me. It's weird that they like finished the trial <laughs> with like that scene. We didn't see the verdict being read, which is something that you almost always see when you're watching like i like that they didn't do that but it's so weird to then show us the sentencing and then give us that Mm -hmm. cheesy ending so it's just like a weird one two three punch of like he kind of fell down the stairs Mm -hmm. at the end of this movie that's what it seemed like to me yeah the structure of the ending was just weird but we're working backwards yeah (laughs) i know but i mean for the most i mean to me, like, that is the biggest thing to talk about with this movie because you mess up an ending, you mess up the thing. I don't think that is the case. Insert Game of Thrones or I mean, any other, like... I think you can still appreciate the the, the parts. Yeah. And again, I, I did enjoy the movie. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Because I would say that all of the scenes with Bobby Seale played by... I don't know how to say his name, but yeah. he won for the Watchmen series. Yes. And he was fantastic. He was great. Every scene with him was just like bone chilling for me because he pretty much had the same line over and over again. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, he was so angry and just, he, you could tell he wasn't defeated, which mm-hmm. was good. Oh God, it was just rough. It was rough to watch. Right. Um, I mentioned this to you though. I don't like when historical characters are made to seem more like centrist than they were like the prosecutor was made to seem kind of more like sympathetic to their cause in real life that is not true at all yeah (laughs) he was he didn't give a shit right and then 
everyone mentioned it in the Reddit thread, like the judge was kind of toned down. I think that's good because he was such a garbage piece of shit. It would have made the whole film like really hard to swallow, I think, which, you know, is a good thing because people act like that. But, oh God, I did read um, in an article um, that the actor, um, I wouldn't say he's like a method actor, but he purposefully like wouldn't spend time with the other actors on set. Um, and he wouldn't enter the scenes from the same place as them because he didn't want to get chummy with them because he really wanted to keep like that f- kind of animosity so that mm-hmm. it would be easier to play that role because it's hard. Yeah, to be a dick to coworkers. Yeah. All day. God. Yeah. Um, the cast was great. I know I mentioned. I want in chess. Good job. Thanks. Um. um yeah, it was. Jeremy Iron Strong. Jeremy Strong. Yeah, so Jeremy Irons is also from Watchmen. Yes. Um, Jeremy Strong is the number one boy. Just an innocent little snowflake, not snowflake, He's a sunflower. He's, He's a, a sunflower, the yeah. little baby boy that gets his heart broken after a ninety-three hour love affair. He was so sad. Yeah. That she turned out to be an FBI agent. And what's funny is the actress that plays her is also in Succession. Who was she? Tabitha, Roman's like girlfriend that he doesn't have sex with. Oh, that was okay. Tabitha. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, and that's another like revisionist thing where there was never a female. Yeah, she didn't exist. Yeah, there was a lot of liberties taken here. Like, yes, there's no evidence of Jeremy Strong's character re- re- rescuing some girl from being raped. Yeah, like that doesn't happen. It's just I think they he wanted to show that they're not bad people. They're just hippies. <laughs> they're just hippies. Yeah, I, I think their whole movement has been painted in a very bad light since... I, I don't think that. I mean... I think the demographic think, that are going to be watching this and are on Netflix and are on yeah. the internet, like, they're, they get it mm-hmm. because it's like I mean, we're almost doing the same thing. I at least barely, very vaguely remember in history classes the yippies and hippies being mentioned and, like, they were just kind of a joke. And, like, that's how they were mentioned. Like, never in detail, but they were always taken as a joke and no one took them seriously. That's how I was taught. Yeah, I know. So it was nice, like, to, like, have someone kind of humanize them a little bit more than just, you know, like Aaron Sorkin said. Like, they're handing out flowers to soldiers and trying to tele... Not teleport. uh, Levitate the Pentagon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, they're more than just weird weirdos. Yeah. I never got that impression from my learnings of history and things like I that. I was raised very conservatively yeah. <laughs> and I think... I, they were always in every in time those they were mentioned they were just they were jokes. So that whole speech that Tom Hayden gives about how when people think of the progressive movement they're going to think of people like Abby Hoffman and their fucking daisies and levitating like that's true. That's kind of what they got painted as for at least from the 80s on. Mm-hmm. So, I get it they lost the history war or whatever yeah it's shitty because you know i don't think they're bad people at all yeah i think they just had a very different opinion that i think 50s america stuck in the 60s wasn't ready to hear and i think it's more like it's all about vietnam and everyone that is being drafted can see how fucked up this war is Mm -hmm. and no one wants to be drafted into a war that we shouldn't be fighting and 
a lot of people are dying in so like mm -hmm. it to me it's like a no-brainer like yeah all the people that don't want to go die mm -hmm. are gonna be upset yeah and want it to stop yeah to me it's not that crazy of a concept and it was for some people because you should just love your country dummies you should just blindly love your country never yeah okay don't say that never um sasha baron cohen his accent was weird but i think it he didn't was bother me fantastic in yeah. this movie he was so funny but still so like humble and likable and I you gotta, said you watched like the real life scene of him and jerry rubin doing the little press conference and jerry that... rubin wasn't there it was oh, just he abby wasn't? hoffman oh weird yeah well, you said you watched that, and it was, yes. like, verbatim. Yep, about him saying that the cost for ending his revolution would be his life. I, I have a weird take about oh. this movie and the oh. acting. I think that because everyone did such a good job, like, I can't pick out one person. Yeah, I, like, I was trying to think, like, who should get nominated for Oscars? But it, it's, like, not even that, just, like, me, my own thoughts, and it's, like, yeah, the acting, like, it's almost, like, this raises the bar to where I was like, yeah, the acting was fine because everyone did such a good job. Yeah. And so it's like, I can't really like pick out scenes or whatever. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah, they're all good. I yeah. think if the Academy is going to pinpoint anyone, it's going to be, uh, it's like Yaya something, the Watchmen guy. Oh. Like he's going to get singled out, I think, because I think... for how little he was on screen, like he was very memorable. I think what's going to happen because they're all a joke. All of them are going to get nominated, and therefore none of them are going to win because it's going to split, split the, the vote. vote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. It happens a lot. <laughs> Mark my words. Yeah. Unless you're fucking Shit's Creek, and then <laughs> Shit's Creek is over. It's fine. We never even watched it. We shouldn't hate it this much. <laughs> we have no reason to hate it. We've never watched it. Uh, I. I guess maybe like a little asterisk on my last weird take is yeah. Eddie Redmayne. I did enjoy seeing him He's like an Oscar darling be like an actual actor and not be a weird little awkward wizard. Yeah. He's always had to be like a very specific character, like a wizard or he was Stephen Hawking, I think. Right. Sure. I think he got nominated for an Academy Award for playing that, Stephen Hawking. He was in that one movie that I told you about that was like the Divergent, but it wasn't Ju yeah. Jupiter Ascending or something. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But he played a weird like alien villain in that yeah, movie. Yeah. He's never gotten to just be a person. He was in Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like again, like a very like specific character. Yeah. Whereas the theory of Tom, everything. Yeah. That's the Stephen Hawking one. Mm -hmm. But Tom Hayden is a real person and he's playing a character, but he's also just a normal person. Yeah. So that was, yeah, it was different and cool. Um, Michael Keaton was a shock to be in this movie at all and always a always a pleasure to see michael keaton and things yeah he's another one where it feels like he stole the yeah. movie mm -hmm. essentially just with his that two scenes yeah basically like yeah. nothing not weird felicity jones is like stephen hawking's wife in the movie hmm. she's rogue one mm -hmm. yeah how old do you think eddie redmayne is he's like in his 30s right he's gonna be 40 in a couple of years yeah yeah that makes sense because I was looking back at, like, his earliest acting, and it's like, oh, 98 is his first credit. I was like, wow, he must have been acting when he was really young. No. <laughs> no, he's he's getting up there. Yeah. Odd. Mm -hmm. 
mean, he would have been like 19 or 20 then. Yeah, but I thought like, oh, he was a kid actor no. that's no. made his way up. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, that's all I wanted to say is like, that would be my one maybe like nod. Like, okay, yeah, you did do something like mm-hmm. different than what we're used to from you. Yeah. I would love to see Jeremy Strong get a lot more roles because I only know him from Succession before this. And I think he's proved to be a, a, a good a good actor. He, he's a good actor, guys. <laughs> he's your number one he's boy. He's the number one boy. Yeah. Uh, Watch Succession if you haven't. The only thing he it's has good, I swear. coming out is Maestro. Yeah, I don't know. It seems, yeah, it doesn't seem like a great movie. I don't know. Succession season three next year, sometime, maybe. Maybe, yeah, Fuck possibly. COVID. No. <laughs> um, any other big thoughts about this movie? Um, no, I I did enjoy it. I mm-hmm. wish Aaron Sorkin would be a little more creative with his writing, but I think he told an interesting story that I had never heard about, and I was glad to hear it. I like courtroom dramas. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to watch a courtroom drama when you have characters that are real people, mm-hmm. even as frustrating as they are, and like how terrible it is to watch them. It's still, it makes for easy, dialogue heavy entertainment. Mm-hmm. So, and that is like right up Aaron Sorkin's alley. Yes. He wants that dialogue, and that's it. Yeah. Because A Few Good Men is a courtroom drama. Yeah. So, and. You could argue Social Network is a courtroom drama. Yeah, it's a deposition drama. Like multiple depositions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're on to you, Mr. He Sorkin. Just, he really likes writing dialogue. And I'm I think sure. this was actually his second directorial project after Molly's Game. I read that. I think that's the case. I didn't pay too much attention to like the directing aspects. Let me see. But I'm pretty sure this was his second time directing one of his films. Yes. Molly's Game, 2017, and then this. Yeah. And he has 16 writer credits. Yeah. Actor credits. He was in Social Network. He was in West Wing. Oh, weird. He was yep. in A Few Good Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't really have anything else to say, but I did enjoy it. He was in 30 Rock? Who was he in 30 Rock? Probably just like a cameo. I was like Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. He was on the episode Plan B. Uh, okay, so out of 10, what do you want to rate this? Ooh. Out of 10, eggs. <laughs> I have an egg. Jeremy Strong is the number one boy. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's layered mm-hmm. if we do eggs. No, those are onions. But it's layered. Layered. Uh, okay, I will go first. I'll give it a 7. Uh, I was going to give it a 7 as well. It was an 8 for Get me it? until I saw the... What? Get it? Seven? No. The Trial of the Chicago... Oh, okay. Yeah. Seven? Yeah. Anyway, it was an eight for me until I saw the video of uh, Sorkin recycling his lines. Yeah. It's... Again, this movie, I did enjoy. I had fun. And then it's just the ending. Just... Ugh. Yeah. It's definitely you frustrating. You can't from do like that a to me. Realistic standpoint. But it was still like... If they didn't clap, I would have enjoyed it more, I think. I just don't like the clapping. And to me, it was even like, going back to it, dumber, because it's like, they paused the scene or whatever, and then like, some credits started happening, and then they unpaused it to let it continue, and it's like, what the fucking, get over it. Yeah. All right. That's it. I guess we're done. Yeah. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. We have a new show to talk about. Finally. Spooky show. Spooky Halloween. End of the fucking October month. And we're finally going to... Yeah, like we're going to have one episode. Of... We should probably watch more than like one or two. We should probably watch three. Wow, okay. There's only six episodes. Perfect. Okay. Spooky. Sure. Um, so we'll be back next week with that. Maybe Borat 2. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. And yeah, talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.